0: Yeah, morning, everyone. Welcome along. Trade's Jews, in a nutshell, middle of the week, Wednesday, the 10th of January, 2024. Daniel Pettigrew back with you for the course of the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, senQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1-300-01-1170, our open line number. Call any time. We can text 457 736-736, and that is before breakfast this morning with Trent Copeland and Michael Kariannis on this morning. Uh, Jaleesa Apps doing a bit of a brandy having Wednesday off. She'll be back with Copes tomorrow. But Copes and Kariannis this morning in about an hour's time for listeners right across New South Wales and Queensland. Before that, uh, we've got a big show, bit of cricket news around, bit of rugby league news around, some tennis news around, of course, Plus, for the first time in 2024, we're going to cross down to Melbourne in about 15 minutes and have a chat with the great Matty Cox about all things happening in sport here there and everything in between so looking forward to chatting with him for the first time in 2024 we'll do that in about 15 minutes host of trade news down there but most importantly as I said want to hear from you 0457 736 736, our text number open line 1300 01 1170 ring anytime you'll get straight on the air that is our guarantee alright let's check the news of the day well we'll do that in just a second. Well, it is sort of news of the day. David Warner, uh, he's still headline news, and we know uh, Australia, which we'll get to in just a second, is closing in on the decision on the replacement of who to replace David Warner at the top of the order for the series against the West Indies starting next week, which you will hear here on SEN, of course. Uh, however, David Warner has hinted that those expecting him to reveal the full extent of of what happened in South Africa with the ball tampering plot in his forthcoming autobiography are likely to be disappointed. So Warner has been working on telling the story of his career, uh, which we know wrapped up in terms of Test match cricket last weekend. A publication date remains unclear given the former Test vice captain is still playing around the world as we know. Uh, He said, I have uh, to edit a few chapters. There are a few that have been added, It was 1,500 pages. It's probably now 2,000. It's not that many. There's one in the pipeline, and I think it'll be an interesting read. There are going to be a lot of things in the book that I think are going to raise some eyebrows. He was asked, though, how much he will go into what happened in South Africa all those years ago. Um, And he said, I think um, that's the utmost priority. Uh, my side of the story and all of that, that could be told whenever. What is important, though, is it does keep getting brought up. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of comments about it. But for me, it's about the team moving forward. It's really important the Australian cricket team is in a great space, that we're playing well in all three formats. There are going to be some things in the book that are going to be related to 2018. It's not potentially going to be around what I know, what others know, because then it just becomes a tit for tat. So it's going to be interesting to see how much of what happened in South Africa in 2018 is revealed in that book from Dave Warner, his autobiography, when it does come out, whenever that may be. Two questions for you this morning on that. Question number one, when the Dave Warner auto, autobiography comes out, would you buy it? I think it would be a very interesting read. The, the Joe Root saga is mentioned uh, in the article this morning, um, and it, it would be intriguing to see what is mentioned about South Africa. I don't know how much he's going to go into it. That's pretty much what he said said. But would you buy the David Warner autobiography? When it comes out, would you buy the David Warner book? The autobiography from Dave Warner. Would you buy? It? 0457 736 736. Are you interested in reading it? 1300 0111 70. And the other question is, what sports star would you read? So, and it could be one, obviously there has been a lot of uh, books put out by sports stars in the past, but it could be a current day player, could be a past player, but what sports star would you like to release a tell-all story in an autobiography? What sports star, either here in Australia or overseas, would you like to read a tell-all book about? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. and look, we'll go one further. Doesn't have to be a sports star. Doesn't have to be a player. Can be a coach. Can be an administrator, commentator. Who would you like to read a book of that would reveal everything? 1300 01 1170 in the world of sport. 0457 736 736. And would you buy David Warner's book? So, two questions for you this morning. Would you buy Dave Warner's book? And. Regardless of that question or answer to that question is yes or no, what sports person, as I said, could be a player, could be a coach, could be an official, could be a commentator, could be anyone, would you buy a book about, as long as they promise to tell everything? One 01170 or 0457 736 736 at 6 past 5 in New South Wales, 6 past 4 in Queensland. Now, on the subject of Dave Warner, sort of, Australia is reportedly, as I mentioned, closing in on a decision on the replacement at the top of the batting order for Dave Warner. Now, the race for the final two was down to two, according to a report from the Sydney Morning Herald, which claimed that Cameron's, uh, Cameron Green and Steve Smith emerge as front runners to partner Usman Khawaja. Uh, but it's now being reported that Smith is poised to win that race, while Green will again his preferred place at fourth in the order against the West Indies in Adelaide next week. Uh, it's reported that when the team is announced this morning at 11am, 10am Queensland time, selectors may not name an order, but that Smith is favourite to open. The move would allow 24-year-old Green back into the team after Mitch Marsh took his spot. They will be joined in the West Indies series squad by Matt Renshaw with multiple outlets, including Code Sports last night, reporting the Queenslander will be included as a reserve batsman. The looming decision, though, means, unless Smith fouls in the coming matches, Cameron Bancroft's chances of a test recall have been dashed, and the same goes for Marcus Harris who Warner said recently at the Boxing Day test would fit well at the top of the batting order. Interesting. We were talking about it 24 hours ago, um, about the fact there did seem to be some sort of push for Steve Smith to open the batting. We've got Paul Dennett in the studio, our cricket expert on this show on Friday morning. You're going to be very intrigued to get his thoughts on this. And as I said, we may see when this squad is named in about six hours' time that we don't have clarification 100% on who is going to be at the top of the order. But I got a text on this show yesterday about Cam Bancroft, a leading run scorer in Sheffield Shield, specialist opening batsman as well, has played, as we know, for Australia before and since that incident in South Africa. Looks like he's going to be left out. Steve Smith favourite to be opening the batting against the West Indies when that match begins next week. What do you reckon? We'll wait for the squad to be announced, but generally speaking, when you get reports like this, they're fairly close to the mark. Steve Smith at the top of the order. Is it going to work? Let's say it's going to happen, and that's what we see in a week's time. Does it work? There's been varying degrees of commentary about his form recently, and as I said yesterday, I don't think we ever see the Steve Smith, although who knows, but unlikely we see the Steve Smith of around 2019. But he's still a very, very good batsman. And then there was another question uh, posted on social media, which uh, I can't see happening. But if Steve Smith moves to the top of the order and that fails and that could happen, and Cameron Green is a success, what happens then? I mean, Steve Smith has been one of our great batsmen. I don't think he would be dropped. I think he'd be moved back to number four. But it is a risk. So what do you reckon? Steve Smith at the top of the order. Is it going to work or are you not a fan? one 1170 or one one eleven seventy or 0457-736-736. Does Steve Smith work at the top of the order if that is the way they are going to go? Uh, some news surrounding the West Tigers as well, and Scott Fulton will get to that a bit later on in the show. But want to know, uh, are you going to be reading David Warner's book when it comes out, whenever that may be? And what sports person, player, coach, official, media personality, what, whose book would you like to read a tell-all story about? 0457 736 736, our text number. Open line is 1300 01 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text coming in, I'll get to them. And we'll have a chat for the first time in 2024 with Maddie Cox on the other side of this break. It's good to have you company Wednesday morning. We are going to have a chat to Matty Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, in a second. All your texts and calls after that. Your, the show, all yours after that. one one 457 736 736 Dave Warner's book, when it comes out, would you buy it? If not, what sports personality, whose book would you like to read a tell-all story about? And C. Smith looks likely to be opening the batting next week. Is that going to work or is it not? Let's cross down now to Maddie Cox for the first time this year. Now on SEN, on SEN it's time, time to Trade Towns.
2: And a very good morning to you, Dan Pettigrew. Morning,
0: Maddie. 2024. Happy New Year. The first time, literally the first time we're speaking uh, in the New Year. How was your Christmas and New Year? I knew you were on breakfast for a week. You did a splendid job. I was listening to every minute of it.
2: I'm sure you were. That's an absolute lie, given that (laughs) you boys had the uh, boxing day off. And we we just had to cover your territory Mm. while uh, you were all on the sun lounge, just bathing under the uh, palm leaf, which is not the greatest of visions to put in everyone's mind to kick things off this morning. But, uh, no, it's been... uh, It's just been normal, Dan. Nothing Mm. really new when it comes to the new
0: year. No, new year... uh yeah, no, I was, look, no I, I was listening to a bit of you on Boxing Day. I must say I was up early, not this early, of course, but I was up nice and early listening. You did a very, very good job. And I enjoyed speaking to all uh, the wonderful listeners that you speak to usually over the past couple of weeks as well, filling your seat throughout uh, the rest of Australia, not just here in New South Wales and Queensland. So all been very exciting.
2: Yeah, hopefully they gave you as much stick as they usually give me of uh, a morning during
0: this uh, time
2: slot. No,
0: no, no, they're all very nice, actually, all very kind.
2: Well, that's that's mm. unusual. I know, I thought yeah. so. How have you started 2024 up there?
0: Yeah, very good. Of course, we had, we'll had. we talk cricket in a bit, but we had uh, the test match here it didn't get rained out. No, it didn't actually. Barely, well, it did rain a bit, what, on the second day when they went off for bad light before the rain, which is another thing entirely. But, no, uh, it was good. And it is a bit of a weird period. I know we're going to talk about this Australian open in a second. We've got the West Indies Test Series getting underway, which is good in about a week's time. And there's a lot of chat about that, about who's going to be opening the batting. But we're also sort of in this period as well where we're sort of enjoying the sport we've got on. Don't get me wrong, but... I think one eye sort of on the football seasons that are fast approaching as well.
2: Yes, well, a number of our teams have resumed training following their break over the new year period and there's mm. all sorts of match simulations. I know and had one yesterday out near Melbourne Airport, so I guess it's all back, well, it's starting to get back underway and will be on our doorstep in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yeah, the pre-season matches for us are getting underway in a month's time, so uh, we'll talk all about that when it gets a bit closer, and I want to ask you before we let you go what you're most looking forward to in 2024, but the first real big sporting event getting underway on Sunday, the Australian Open. Um. What's the feeling like down there now? We've got no Rafa now. Of course, Nick Kyrgios pulled out about a month or so ago, but Alex Dimonor on the flip side of that is into the top 10 and people are saying he might be able to have a good run at it this year. Uh, The Australian Open does capture the Melbourne market uh, and for those two weeks that it's on, and I've, as you know, spent a lot of time in Melbourne whilst it's been on, does capture the hearts of any sports, any tennis fans. What's the build-up like there, though, at the moment? I'm
2: surprised you haven't bought tickets to uh, come down here, Dan. That's usually
0: <laughs> something that's on your agenda, isn't it? Uh, Maddie, I have. Ne- I-, I love the tennis. I'll, well, it's a bit harder with these hours, but I'd usually stay up and watching matches. I have never been to the tennis. I- I've lived in Melbourne, oh, but no. never been to the Damn. tennis. I know. There, oh, I know. How
2: could you not? I know you're a pretty passionate tennis man mm. as well, so that's an extraordinary feat because it is one of the big international events, and the hype will continue to build. I mean, even around the precinct this week, with qualifying mm. taking place at Melbourne Park, and there was a bit of an issue back on Monday with the wet weather that we had and the. the uh, qualifying matches weren't able to use the indoor courts because they were being used for the big names to have a hit on and begin preparations for next week so that caused a bit of angst down here, but the whole precinct's already a buzz, and all the activations have wandered past uh, during' uh, well, been on the train I think it was uh, going past the Melbourne Park precinct about two weeks ago and saw mm. the new bar that they've built and court six, which is like the kind of party hole, I think is what they're striving for, which has been so successful, particularly with Live Golf. So there's that kind of concept that's going to be activated for one of the outdoor courts, and that looks like it's pretty impressive, so I can only wait to see when the atmosphere does fill us, what it will be like, particularly if we get an Aussie success story out Mm. on that, that particular court. But there, there is a buzz. I expect it to build, and I wonder whether we're going to get a little caught off guard considering this will be the first year that yes. play gets underway on Sunday, an attempt to reduce the amount of hours that the courts are used, particularly during the evening, although I'm still a little <laughs> perplexed as to how exactly that's supposed to be helping. But they have changed the draw slightly during the day to help ease a bit of pressure on centre court particularly. But, uh, yeah, I I expect it might catch us a little bit out on Sunday when play gets underway.
0: I I think it might as well. And and you're right. I I think – look, I understand the idea behind starting a day earlier, and I know uh, they have uh, done the schedule a little – are going to do the schedule a little differently. It still remains to be seen in my eyes – whether we see matches finishing earlier, because at the end of the day, unless I and I don't have the schedule in front of me exactly what it's going to look like, but at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure there are still going to be two night matches on center court each night, at least in the first sort of seven, eight, nine, ten days. So, if a match goes long, a match goes long, there's there's not much you can do about that.
2: And it's one of the intricacies that I think we all appreciate. Mm. Yes, for those that are getting up early like us it probably doesn't fall within our window but it's one of the beauties of, of tennis there's no time restriction obviously at wimbledon and the french open it's a bit of a different story but there's no curfew at melbourne park or there hasn't been in years gone by but it's an attempt to try and restructure things but also capitalize this there's, there's as i said there's already a buzz this week there's uh, people attending the qualifying matches, which I can remember in years gone by, you could just waltz in and have a look as uh, the preparations continued to take place. Um, mm. So that there is there is a there is a good buzz, and why not capitalise, put in the extra day, and and see how it goes. And I expect Dan, because it's a Sunday, mm. it may see an uptick in crowd numbers for day one mm. because of the fact it's a weekend start rather than on the Monday.
0: Correct, and always good crowds there as well. And just back on to what you were saying is that – and I remember talking probably to you about it a year ago when we saw some of these matches going until – way past midnight. Some of them, I think went into about 2am in the morning, but I look back at the 2012 Australian Open final. Now I was over in the UK at that point in time. So it was a complete different time zone, but I think I started watching it at 9am in the morning, had plans to meet someone at midday, but didn't meet them until 3pm because it was great. It went that late. And then you go even a few years before that, Matty, the late Hewitt match that ended up until going into what four forty-three 43 in the morning or something like that. Now, I know if you're an athlete, it's probably not a great turnaround to be playing, what, 36 hours later, something like that. But for someone that was there, and I'm sure someone listening at the moment may well have been there, and even if you were just watching it on TV, it's those memories that last forever because you don't see that in any other sport played locally in this country.
2: No, well, and even worldwide, it's not... Not too many sporting events that have the open parameters when it comes to start and finish times. And, again, it's one of the unique days, or one of the unique occasions, and I think for one off or over the next two weeks, I think we can all... Uh, we can all just suck it up if it does go into the late hours. We can catch up on the sleep once the tournament's finished, if that's the path you want to go down.
0: Yeah, so looking forward to that. And it will dominate headlines over the next couple of weeks. It would be great to see. We saw Ash Barty a couple of years ago. It would be great to see Alex Demon all go deep into this competition. It
2: would be. And particularly given the you know, that this Thanasi Koganakis, who hasn't performed well, hasn't won a match so far in 2024, and the preparation has been... Far from ideal. Mm. And the other Aussies just don't seem to be in earshot at the moment of being capable of progressing through to the second week. We all know that it can produce some stories and some twists and turns. But if Alex Demonall could get onto a role, particularly given the form he's displayed over the last 12 months, but particularly in the last month, and get uh, through to the second week of the Australian Open. I think that will be an achievement in itself. If he can progress deep into the second week, I think that's a tick for him and his growth over the last
0: 12 months. Yeah, and it is interesting with the tennis as well. It does, does kind of build up over those two weeks. It starts fairly quiet, especially for those people living outside of Melbourne. And unless you're a tennis fanatic, you might put it on. But especially once you get into that second week, Uh, Looking forward to talking to you about all of that, Matty, as the next couple of weeks unfold. I, I want to ask you a question moving away from tennis, though. Has there been any talk, and I expect the answer is probably a no, has there been any talk about Unite Round that is happening in New South Wales in Sydney in a couple of days' time?
2: No, there. Well, actually, no. I lie. I saw an ad for it. It must Mm. have been on Channel Ten last night, Mm. uh, promoting the obviously coverage that they'll have this weekend of Unite Round. But no, there there hasn't been a great deal discussed, certainly in the mainstream forums that I've been paying attention to over the last couple of days. But it's it's kind of where this. This concept sits for the the A-League because originally the the reason we've ended up with this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, is because the grand final selling to the New South Wales government, they've decided to renege that agreement, Mm -hmm. put Unite Round in place so they can still make the financial benefits that having the grand final would have taken so that we can go back to the old structure in the A-League, which caused an enormous amount of heartache at the end of 2022 when it was announced. Mm. And it was part of the reason that we had the uh, incident down here at Amy Park mm. off the back of it. That was one of the reasons as to why that all unfolded. So it, it, it's been a messy berth for the concept in the A-League. They're obviously piggybacking off what the NRL has done with magic round and what the AFL has done with gather round, which mm. have both been successful, but I don't know. I know football's had a great year, great 12 months, but mm. I wonder whether this round will be successful purely because it just doesn't seem to have the pull that magic round and gather round have had over the last well 12 months from an AFL perspective. And, even longer
0: for the NRL. And you're right in what you were saying about uh, the whole way this has ended up with the Unite round this weekend. And, look, I I think I might have been overseas when that whole deal was announced, but even reading it from abroad, it sounded a bit strange uh, for the A-League to do that. So I think if you speak to most football fans, I think they're happy they've gone back to the way uh, it was before that deal was put in place. But, yes, we now have landed with Unite round, so we'll see – the men's A-League, the women's A-League, uh, playing at three different stadiums. Allianz Stadium, which is in Sydney's east, which is the newest of the stadiums here in Sydney. It's the home ground of the Sydney Roosters, the New South Wales Waratahs. Sydney FC, of course, play there uh, at their home ground throughout the year as well. Then you've got uh, Combank Stadium, uh, which is in Parramatta, which is where the Parramatta Eels play, the Wanderers play. And then you've got Leichhardt Oval as well, which is used a few times in the year uh, throughout the rugby league season. And, of course, during the football season, season as well. So I I suppose a bit similar to what you do in Gather Round is it's not just in one stadium. It is spread over three stadiums, unlike Magic Round, uh, which is just in that one stadium at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. What I'm going to be intrigued to see, Matty, is exactly what you said. How many people, and I, I'd be fascinated to know, especially anyone on my text line 0457 736 736, of anyone actually going across the course of the weekend? Um, because you look at Magic Round, uh, over what I think 150,000 people through the gates through the three days last year are basically sellouts. Every day, gather around would have sure have been the same, um, and it's just building uh, for this year. Same with Magic Round in uh, three or four months' time. The A League, I-, I don't know. I- I'll be interested, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I can't see them filling Allianz Stadium with 40,000 people, or the same with Combank with 25, 30,000 people. But I could be wrong. I think what I would, sh- I'm sure, what uh, Football Australia would want is that to happen. But they would want at least to get big crowds than they normally would uh, in a normal club match. So I'm going to be intrigued to see. I hope it works. I just you just haven't heard too much about it. And unless you are a football fan, an A-League fan, I don't know how widely known it is in the general public that this is actually happening this weekend.
2: Yeah, well, that, and that's the other aspects of it. With Magic Round and Gather Round, they're so heavily promoted. that Gather Round for us, which will take place in uh, early April this year, Mm. is pretty much sold out. There's only a handful of games that you can still get tickets for. And I can remember last year, which was our first edition of it, the morning or leading up, it was the Wednesday or the Thursday prior to the matches starting on the Thursday night. But the stories and the phone calls you got from people who were on the move and doing road trips over to South Australia to go and watch and the excitement and the anticipation mm. that the event had, not just the matches, but the event itself had. I don't get that same feeling with the A-League, and I know it's at a difficult time of year with obviously the Australian Open, as we've been discussing, kicking off this weekend. You've got cricket in terms of the big bash. There's a mm. slight window window in terms of the international Schedule so it is a little yeah. awkwardly placed, but at the same time, they probably have to put it in this window
0: because if you put it any later, the attention turns to the other football codes and, and you've still got people on holiday now that the fact that people are on holidays could work there could be people holidaying in Sydney that might want to go so that you know that could definitely work in their advantage I, I think the other thing just before we move on I, I think the other thing Maddie is that and yes I'm a bigger like I like I love watching football soccer whatever you want to call it but I'm my number one sport is NRL same with you with AFL But with the NRL, with Magic Round, and having been there as well the past couple of years, but even the build-up to Magic Round for people listening in Queensland, uh, living in Queensland as well, for people that are travelling from New South Wales, from Victoria, from wherever to go to Magic Round from New Zealand, the build-up and the excitement... To it is pretty big. You hear about it really from a month out, and then uh, once we get to that weekend of Magic Round, it's very exciting. I-, I don't get the same feel from football fans, but look, happy to be corrected because I do hope it is uh, a tremendous success. And I think from an in- from an NRL point of view, it will be interesting. And I don't know how much you can compare, but it will still be interesting to see. How many they get through the gate this weekend because Magic Round is off contract in Queensland. This is their last year at this stage. It may get renewed, but there's always talk about maybe doing an NRL Magic Round in Sydney. Now, I think you still get more to the NRL Magic Round if it was ever played in Sydney than you would uh, to the Unite Round that we're seeing this weekend. But still interesting to just see. And I'm sure uh, people within the NRL, maybe the AFL too, will be just looking at it and just seeing how it works in Sydney because it's really the first of these events that has been held in New South Wales.
2: Who would want to holiday in Sydney? I can't really think of.
0: Uh... Oh, jealousy, <laughs> jealous. Best city in the country. Oh,
2: right. I'd rather go further north and go to uh, sunny Queensland, just to be perfectly honest.
0: Great city too. I'm broadcasting there as well, so that is the equal best city in Australia.
2: I can't get everyone offside the sporting event.
0: No, no. Please try. It's our first one. We've got a long year to go, Matty. Long, long way to go. We certainly do.
2: And speaking of, there's plenty of uh, sporting action that's... uh, In front of us over the course of the next 12 months.
0: Yeah, and obviously, we'll be focused on the NRL and the AFL seasons. And uh, just on the NRL, before I tell you about the other stuff that I'm looking forward to, a very exciting year because there's so many, we're coming off the back off, and it's quite weird saying we're coming off the back of a season because uh, we're much closer to this next season starting than last one ending. But probably the most successful NRL season, rugby league season for a long time. And there's so many interesting storylines, which we'll talk about when we get closer to the season starting in the NRL this year. You've got Penrith looking for four in a row whilst you're away. Jerome Luai heading to the Tigers in 2025, but he'll still be at the Panthers this year. The Tigers, new coach. Uh, and then you got those other clubs like the Broncos who lost the grand final which they probably should have won. The Roosters are always there or thereabouts. So, uh, and there's a lot of other clubs that I haven't mentioned. So obviously looking forward to the NRL season. It's also an Olympic year uh, this year, Maddie, which I think a lot of people may have forgotten about heading into 2024 because – Obviously, the last Olympics, 2021 due to COVID, um, we saw the bad news this week about Sam Kerr. But going to be really interesting to see how the Olympics, when they do uh, happen in about six months time, capture the nation. Because you go back to 2021 and I was working on them uh, here on SCN. um, It was really interesting because most of us were uh, definitely New South Wales. We're in lockdown at that point in time, Um, so most of us, 90%, 95% of us were working from home, and the Olympics is what we had on for those two weeks, and especially that first week with all our great efforts in the pool. Going to be interesting to see how it translates this year with the time difference and hopefully not being in lockdown. I
2: I think it's going to be a positive benefit, Dan, Mm. because the memories, and I know we go in four-year cycles, so... Mm having the uh, extra year off in terms of being a bit closer mm. this time around doesn't impact too drastically. But I do feel that because it, it still feels fresh, what yeah. was achieved in Tokyo still feels fresh in our minds. And because it probably also was aided by the time slots that it was in more favourable than what this particular Olympics might be. But I, I feel as if we've still got a an attachment to what unfolded in Tokyo which gives strength and and builds the anticipation heading towards Paris 2024 and there are so many storylines we alluded to this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the the breakfast shift and we were starting to forecast what may happen for 2024 and you think obviously the the matildas the the sad news with with Sam Kerr but we're still a chance. There's so mm. many contenders that have failed to qualify, let alone to c- compete against during the Olympic Games, which is so favourable for the Matildas to finally get some success in a tournament because as as good as they've been over the last few years, the, the, the success rate when it comes to these big tournaments isn't exactly great for the Matildas. So there's a perfect opportunity for them. They're the boomers. Mm. Will they... Will they make it to a gold medal this time after achieving their first medal in the last Olympics? And I can still remember, well, we've got all the track and field events as well. But the the moment that Jess Fox captured the nation, for me, stands firmly in my mind. And to see what she could produce again during Paris is something I'm really keen on witnessing this year.
0: I remember that exact moment. Uh, like you, I was I was at work. I was still going into work, but clearly at that point in time, you could only go to work and back home. And I remember switching on the TV after having worked here that day, and it was just amazing. So there's just going to be so many more highlights in the Olympics when it comes around. Obviously, that's a standout. Anything else for you, Maddie? Clearly, you'll be looking forward to the AFL season getting underway. Yes, absolutely, and uh,
2: and you mentioned how enthralling the uh, NRL season was last year for you. For us, the thrilling grand final that we had uh, it can only it can only get better, can not it, Dan? That, 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 that's the we say it every year, but that'll probably uh, get better. The other one I'm I'm mm. curious to see what happens this year is is the T Twenty World Cup that's taking place in the States yeah. and also the West Indies. The the fixturing got released for that, I think it was late last week or uh, over the course of the weekend. Australia won't play a game in the United States. I think they're leaving it to more of the Asian nations to try and capitalise on audiences and, and crowd attendance. We'll play all of our games in the Caribbean that I'm curious to see what the success rate will be for that. It, it's it's new territory for cricket. Mm. It's another World Cup. So do, because we've had, obviously, the ODI World Cup is still mm. fairly fresh in our minds. This T20 World Cup will take place in June, I think it is, or July. So th- th- will there be a little fatigue? Is, is Does that add to that whole... Bracket regarding cricket. Who knows? Mm. I'm curious to see how that unfolds a little later in the year as well.
0: Yeah, it's an intriguing one because I have to say, I've really enjoyed this series against Pakistan, but you hear all the talk about how there is too much cricket. And I think... What has probably been a plus for the series against Pakistan remains to be seen what happens against the West Indies. It's, it has been a lot more competitive than people thought it would be. Pakistan had a lot of chances to win at least the Boxing Day Test and the New Year's Test. So that's been great. See what happens when the West Indies come out that starts next week. They're up against the Australian Open and I think attention tends to wane a little bit as we get closer to the Rugby League season but uh, and the AFL season. But you yeah, are right. Uh, it is interesting when it comes to cricket, how much cricket is too much cricket. I have one question on cricket, though, before we let you go. Steve Smith, <laughs> top of the order, are you a fan or are you not a fan? Well, he's a New South Welshman, isn't he? Well, <laughs> yes, he the, is. Uh, Very yeah. successful New South Welshman as well. <laughs> now, I
2: actually, I'm in the camp that, and I, I know nothing. So, <laughs> co- Coaching <laughs> cricket, that a long time you look, yep. you know, I know a lot of people know that. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm i a fan of it because it feels as if Steve is in a frustrating point of his career. He, he feels mm. just watching his body language in the recent series against Pakistan, you've hear, heard him talk following the ODI World Cup success about his desire to be more pivotal in the T20 format, and he even put his hand up to open the T20 matches for Australia, mm. which... Didn't happen, but it feels as if he's searching for for a new challenge, and I, I think this could be right. Whether it's successful or not, who knows, but it's worth a crack, I feel. And if we're looking to potentially get a new batsman into the top order, mm. rather than have them face the heat at the top as, a, as an opener put them down to three or four, to to ease them in and and let them build confidence that way and eventually move them into the top of the order once Usman Khawaja retires and if Steve Smith does go to the top of the order once he retires as well. I think that is a better manoeuvre than throwing in Harris, Bancroft or Renshaw, put them into the squad, maybe put them into the side down the order a little bit. I know it's not the role that they're there to do but Mm. it feels as if when we put a young batsman or an inexperienced batsman at the top of the order, it creates issues, it creates confidence problems for them and it means that the, the pressure builds almost immediately. At least if they, they're down a little bit, that the heat's taken off them and the spotlight's not directly focused on them. So that's, mm. that's where I'm sitting in this whole equation. I think we do need to look long-term and we do need to bring someone in, whether that's more investment in Cam Green or whether it's bringing one of the other three in, who knows, mm. but... That's where I sit on the scheme of things, Dan.
0: Interesting take, and you are right. You look at Usman Khawaja, you look at Steve Smith. They're not young uh, in terms of cricket. Uh, Usman Khawaja, 36. He may go on for another few more years, so will Steve Smith, one would imagine. But, yeah, good take, good take. Maddie. love talking to you for the first time in 2024. I can't wait to do it each and every week over the next 51 and a bit weeks or however many weeks left in the year. Might Mm. not
2: be every week because you seem to disappear quite uh, Uh, frequently. So, uh, yeah,
0: we'll um, leave it at that. uh, No holiday. Well, no Wednesdays booked off in... Well, I can't actually think of a Wednesday booked off for me. Maddie. what about you? You're here every every week?
2: You'll find one. Uh, No comment on that front, Dan. Good to chat with
0: you. okay, speak to you next week. You'll be here next week? (laughs) I'll be here next week. Oh, that's good, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) Catch up with you then. Bye-bye. Uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne, talking all things sport. Yeah, uh, your show now, 0457 736 736 01 11 70. Anyone, and we'll talk to John more about this on Friday, John Gallo, our football expert. Anyone heading to Unite Round this weekend at one of the stadiums, Allianz, Combank, Leichhardt, 0457 736 736. Dave Warner's book, when it comes out, will you read it? And if not Dave Warner's book, or even if you will read Dave Warner's book, Who's sport? What sporting personalities book would you read? And Steve Smith at the top of the order. You think it's going to work or not? Your texts and your calls all next. 0457 736, 736 or 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Here for the Makita XGT experience, professional cordless power without limits. Straight to the open line. 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Chris is on the line. Morning, Chris. Good
1: morning, Dan. Look, just on this opener thing. So it's reported that. Renshaw is now in the squad, mm-hmm. so he's usurped Harris, uh, I guess, but then again, he probably won't play. We've got our captain who's come out and said that he wants Smith to stay where he is. Um, we've got the guy who most of us think should be there who isn't there. Mm. This is a mess, isn't it? The whole, the way this has been done, this is ridiculous. I've got no idea what's going on here. Can you help
0: me? uh, No, I wish I could. No, I can't. Well, ask Paul Dettit, our Crit Expert, on Friday about it, Chris. Look, it is, it's very interesting the way it's been done. And,. Uh, Again, whatever happens, uh, well, whatever the decision they make to be playing against the West Indies in a week's time, we've still got a series against India uh, coming up at the end of this year, then England. So it doesn't mean whoever is uh, at the top of the order, Chris, doesn't mean they're going to be at the top of the order long term. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's a really intriguing one. Do you think Steve Smith just quickly does work at the top of the order, or would you be leaving him where he is?
1: I'd be... Well, I personally would be leaving him where he is and putting Mm. Bancroft there. That's what... I mean, Pat Cummings came out and said it should be based on shield runs, Mm. um, and he wants wants Smith to stay where he is. Now, this guy, he's got on a stick at the moment, Pat Cummings, if he says that, (laughs) and he's our captain, and he's been doing such a good job, I cannot for the life of me understand why this is being played out in public. Yeah. Um, the whole thing. I mean, there's so many. There's so many opinions being thrown around out there.
0: Mm.
1: It's a rabble. It's a mess. What's uh, the, the look is terrible. I think. Yeah. And, and the optics is terrible.
0: Yeah. No, I understand that. And yeah, it's it's going to be really intriguing. And again, the question comes into it is uh, Cam Bancroft, leading run scorer in Sheffield Shield, not going to be there. Chris, thanks for the call, mate. Got a run. We'll chat again soon. Cheers, then. Uh, thank you, mate. Chris on the open line, one one 11 Greenkeeping Rooster on the same topic says, Morning Dan, I can see why Renshaw has been picked ahead of Bancroft because he's a more versatile as a batsman than Bancroft. I hope the Smith experiment works, but it's a lot harder going from batting four to opening than it's going from opening to batting four. That from the greenkeeping Rooster. Then this one here. Maybe Steve Smith for four or five years, when in better form, could open. Not the current version. Bancroft, if he misses, uh, is being stitched up for Sandpaper Gate. He has gone back to Shield Cricket and made runs, which is what was asked of him. Yeah, well, he is the leading run scorer in um, Sheffield Shield Cricket. And we'll talk to Paul about that on Friday. And this one from Anthony, uh, in relation to Dave Warner's book, he says, no, as Damien Martin said, <laughs> we should just go away. Book to read? Book to read? Bozer. Yeah, that would be a very very good. He was very entertaining on the run home yesterday with the missile as well. More text on the other side of this 0457 736. 736. Here for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation, and power without limits. Couple of texts to finish things off this morning. Big G, and I got your text yesterday, Big G. I would love that. Uh he says this text though. Morning, Dan. I enjoy reading sporting books so easy. I think I'll get Dave's book. A uh, two books I'd like to read. A Larry Corra, he was my childhood hero, and former Carolina quarterback Cam Newton. Cheers the Big G, and we'll talk closer to Magic Round Big G. And Brett says, Morning, Dan. Dave Warner's book around 2,000 pages... Uh, the only way I'd buy is if there was a toilet paper shortage. Care factor zero. And uh, not a fan of Dave Water then, uh, Brett. He says, book I would have loved to read would have been Hansi Cronjes. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for your text this morning. Tomorrow on the show, Chris Perkins from the USA. We continue to find his rugby league team. Tomorrow looking at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Breakfast coming up with Trent Copeland and Michael Kariannis. More on the sacking of Scott Fulton from the West Tigers as well. That's straight after the news. I'll catch you tomorrow morning. Have a great Wednesday.